up? Going on, sauce. Uh, watching Judgment Day 2000, brother. Judgment Day 2000. Yes, sir. Uh, too cool, man. It's just incredibly over right now. Oh, that was the that was the height of too cool, I believe. It sure shit looks like it. The motherfucker just did the worm and whoo, about blew the blew the house off the or the roof off the joint. Do you know what the uh, month of the year is for Judgment Day? Yeah, two thousand. No, what month? Oh, month. Let me see. Oh, I I I got I beat you to it, Eric. Okay, what do you got? Found in my big wrestling binder. It's uh, May 21st, 2000, Louisville, Kentucky. Okay, yeah, they got it. A... Yeah, yeah, your first match is, uh, this is probably what you're watching right now. A little uh, hot dog in Edge and Christian yep. versus Rikishi, Rikishi and Too Cool. Yep. So Rikishi wasn't an official member yet? Or why they? why is it labeled like that? No, Too Cool was its own tag team. Rikishi was just good friends with Too Cool. Really? I That's the way I always saw it. I, I, I never heard of, like, t- Too Cool being a stable. I always I always saw them as that was Too Cool, all three of them. Uh, I don't know. I think that's up for debate. See, see what the IWC has to say about that, Eric. Okay. I'll check but the I'll check the He had such page. a singles run by himself, and like he was always bigger than too cool, you know. So I I, I always considered him separate. Man, uh, Eddie Guerrero just pulled up in an unbelievable vehicle <laughs> with China as the current champ. Yeah, European champion. Yeah, might be. I can't see the title yet. I just figured it was the women's. But yeah, this is the European run. Uh, that, that's that's the next match on the card. I'm looking at the card right here. Is this this two what appear to be good matches on the card? Okay. Those are um, a couple matches from now. You're gonna have. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, WWF Intercontinental Championship submission match versus he or shall not, Chris Jericho versus he or shall not, shall not be named. Yes, I, that's conf- So the reason I will pull this one up, Jeff, I should uh, say is I uh, ran out of stuff to listen to, so I threw on the old JR podcast this week. And uh, he's been doing uh, for a while now. I don't know, when's the last time you listened to him? Oh man, it's been it's been probably about a year since I've listened to good old Jr. Okay, well maybe about a year he's been doing this thing. It's a new format. It's where they uh, go over an event and he gives you a bunch of behind the scenes shit, you know, behind the curtain stuff about the event and the the time leading up and blah blah blah. But anyway, they did this show uh, and I ran out of stuff to listen to, so I was like, oh, let's check out some Jr. and. He was on. He was doing this show, Judgment Day 2000, and he really did a great job of putting this one over. So uh, it intrigued me, and they said the same thing. They said that match, uh, Jericho Benoit, and then the main event. What was the first match? I'm sorry. Uh, Benoit Jericho. Oh, just the two matches. I thought you listened three. My bad. No. Yeah, no. the main the main event is 
is one for the ages for sure. Yeah, who is it again? It's a Iron Man match for the WWF Championship. Triple H versus The Rock with HBK Shawn Michaels as a guest referee. Okay. Yeah, they were hyping this as the best Iron Man match to date. I, yeah, I would say so. I, I have all the falls and the times printed. Okay. Well, not printed, handwritten. Well, yeah, handwritten, I should say. Yeah, it's more impressive. I'm, I'm impressed that I was doing this this early in my run. Yeah. Because, judging by the rest of the card, like, I had little care. I was just writing this down as general notes. I didn't think I'd make that binder out of it. I mean, I didn't do this in 2000, but this is like... Yeah, I got you. You know, I started this process in 98, uh, chronologically in 98. Yeah, yeah. It got more sophisticated. Yeah. Dean Malenko is the light heavyweight champion right now. Is he really? Yeah. But he's in the triple threat match for the European Championship. He's who are the radicals? Just all those guys like Perry Saturn, Malenko. Yeah. Okay. They they were uh, defects from WCW. Yeah. And they played into that whole. Uh, scheme kayfabe wise when they first showed up they they just had front row tickets and yeah. they beat the shit out of someone oh dude speak I, I think it was Eddie Guerrero actually yeah he went before, he wasn't part of the radicals he went to WWF from WCW on his own accord and then the radicals we, we always called him Dean Malerkel so I might slip <laughs> in and out of that but if you hear me say Dean Malerkel that means Dean Malenko <laughs> okay Malenko, Perry Saturn, and God damn it, who was the third, Eric? Benoit. Yeah, Benoit. You should not be named? Yep. Yep. Oh, somebody had a sign that said, I stole Xbox weed. <laughs> good, good one. Good fucking sign, dude. Respect. Yeah, that's an A plus sign. Yeah, respect to that, that young king in the first row there. Or he's like, th oh, he's like three rows back. But anyway, Samantha was in the room uh, just five minutes ago, and uh, this came on, and she was like, Eddie Guerrero? And I was like, <laughs> oh my god, you're dismissed. <laughs> you're dismissed. Don't you ever disrespect the, the legend, the king. Ooh, yeah. Uh, that, that's why, I, I think that's why I thought as a ten-year-old when I first saw the name. Yeah, you, you're confused by the, all those uh, you, all those vowels surrounded by a couple of R's. Yeah, you're like, is that a soft G or a hard G? Yeah, that's a hard G. <laughs> yep, it is a little confusing. So anyway, that's why I started watching this one. Thought it sounded like thought it sounded like a pretty cool pay per view. This is also when I found out that Judgment Day doesn't have an E in it. Very useless information, but yeah. I mean, I just found that out, like, yesterday. <laughs> you think it'd have an E? Like, you're yeah. being judged, right? I, I don't understand. I, you'd think it'd have an E. Yeah. Uh, you know what else? This, the, this is also the debut of uh, The American Badass. I, I didn't want to spoil it for you, Eric, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard that, and uh, I don't remember that, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see that, actually. 
Does he? Who did? It, what was the first music? Was it Limp Biscuit or Kid Rock? Uh, what Kid Rock track would it have been? Cause all I remember is keep rolling. Breathe in now, breathe out. Hands up now, hands down. Back up, back up. Show me what you're gonna do now. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. I don't know. I swear he had a Kid Rock theme too, didn't he? Uh. I don't recall, Eric. Yeah, I can see it. Oh, you done it now. You yeah. gone and made a big mistake. Yeah. I no, can't that, that's, that's allow. Post American badass era. That's post? Yeah, he, he got a haircut after his American badass character. I remember he came out short hair with that music. It, it had to be like 2002 or something like that. Okay. But he was just like, he's a very short-lived character. And it's kind of still the American badass, but it's just like some sort of hybrid badass guy, basically, you know? Yeah, I love that his character's name is the American badass. Yeah, that, like that's how... How simple. Yeah, that just that's how like people refer to him. Like, oh, you're talking about American badass. It's just hilarious to me. <sighs> so, uh... What's been going on, Jeff? Not too much, man. Uh, leave of absence from work, so been bumming around the house. Uh, and helicopters been zooming overhead from the boat tests. Oh yeah, is it get, is it pretty wild in Denver or no? On and off. Yeah. Not nothing like uh, Minneapolis. Obviously. It's been, I mean, some some crazy shit. Mostly, mostly peaceful protesting. Yeah, I've seen most. I think most of the cities have something going on. I saw New York, for sure. I saw Denver, uh, Louisville. Actually, right here, right. This is where we're at for this pay per view. Yeah, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, Louisville's got some protests going down. I heard six or seven people just got shot over there. Jesus. So yeah, it's getting it's getting crazy here. Let's see, Perry Saturn off the top rope, Jeff, coming down with the big old frog splash. Perry Saturn's doing a frog splash? <laughs> yeah, can't you just, can you see his, he was like, he has to be a roider, right? I don't know. It's hard for me. I've seen of people talking about him, like, off the cuff, you know, I think he's just a fucking weirdo. I think he used to be a military man. Yeah. I don't know. He, I, I wish Briggs was could give us an opinion on this because I don't know too much about fitness or muscles, but I always imagined like Perry Saturn, like that's what a Reuter looks like. I mean, when I think of Roids, I, I tend to think of Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pup. Well, another guy in this match. Remember Eddie at one point? All of a sudden, looked a little different. Yeah, this is after this era, though. This that's. Yeah. that's when he starts to get big. Yep. No, no pun intended. Basically, like, right close to the death, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah. close to his, his passing, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is crazy when you... They always talk about on Levitar, but it is wild watching these old pay-per-views. Because there's so many dead people. Yeah. 
It's just insane. Like Perry Saturn could, like I don't. I'm not sure that he's dead, but if he if he was dead and I missed that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, I if I were a bet man, I would bet alive. Yeah, I I'm I probably would too because I've we, never heard we, that he we was. Have, as a podcast, we should have the uh, what what do they call it? Eleven times the media integrity. As reporters, not to yeah. off someone. Yeah, don't kill somebody that isn't dead. Yeah, so we're not, I'm not ready to kill Perry Saturn yet. No. I'm just saying, though, by the looks of him, <laughs> if somebody were to say, yeah, that guy died like 20 years ago, I'd be like, yeah. Well, I guess it wouldn't be 20. <laughs> 15 or so. <clears throat> oh, China goes to hit Malenko with the, with the roses. Oh yeah, Malenko uh, in kayfabe during this time had a hot for China, but China's with Eddie. Yep. Mamacita. Yep. God damn, Eddie's car, man. I wish I was a car guy so I could explain to you. <laughs> oh. For real. Because you can tell that's a clean whip. It, I don't know what it was, man. It was so cool. It wasn't even like his typical Eddie Guerrero mobile from this era. It was a little... Did you hear JR just said, Mamacita? (laughs) (laughs) His Mamacita has done it again. So, yeah, I usually put one of these on recently, Jeff, just because of how slow uh, actual wrestling is right now. They are tread water, Eric. So I'm just trying to spice things up. They are tread water. Uh, Did you... I know we discussed it, but I don't. I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you did or you didn't. But did you happen to check out AEW this week? Did not. Okay. Just curious as to see what they're doing. I was just gonna say, I let you down. I let, I let I let the podcast listeners down again. I am a WWE loyalist, and it is exceptionally hard for me to get through a week of. Uh, Yeah. I think I've seen clips though and I think they have a little crowd. Fucking Briscoe just won the hardcore title. That's awesome. <laughs> I think he's still champ. I guess he won it three days ago. Now he's sneaking around a bathroom because somebody's after him, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, he, he's still wearing it. He's got a rip in his pants. This guy's losing his mind, Jeff. He just punched the mirror because he scared himself. Briscoe? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> some people start, start to get senile in old age. Uh, King, you just hear King in the background say, He split his pants! <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, no, no, uh, no AEW. Maybe I'll see fit to watch it this week, but hey, maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. No pressure. I understand how it is. I, I too, have trouble getting through wrestling in these trying times. But I did watch it. Uh, SmackDown, though, I'm having a hard time remembering. I know you said that it sucks, so that's probably why. I remember there was a Charlotte Flair match. 
I thought SmackDown wasn't terrible, but not not great. Like they had good matches, like on paper on on their card, but man, we they, we we have no excuse for main events anymore, Eric. They are passing anything off nowadays as a main event. Yeah. Because the main event of this was uh, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the first round of the Intercontinental Championship tournament. Oh my, dude. So, Jeff Hardy wins. Yes. Well, this one time stop. Yeah. Can I do... Let me ask you this. Do you want a spoiler from the SmackDown that just, like, that's going on right now? Or, you know, whatever. About Jeff Hardy. Because it is interesting. Yeah, I'm down. You want a spoiler? Yeah, I'll take a spoiler. Okay. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to read this verbatim. Because it, it was so funny to me. Alright, headline. Breaking news on... And this is a WWE headline, so this is a work. Uh, breaking news on the status of Jeff Hardy. WWE Digital has learned Jeff Hardy was released from custody by the Orlando police after successfully passing the required sobriety tests, therefore absolving Hardy of the charges of public intoxication, driving under the influence, and the hit and run on Elias earlier tonight. Elias... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Elias was found... Injured in the parking lot with an abandoned car nearby before Friday Night Smackdown. Hardy was taken into custody after being found in a dazed state not far from the scene. But he re-emerged as Sheamus battled Daniel Bryan in the night's final match. Stay tuned, blah blah blah. So yeah, I guess they had an angle about Jeff Hardy being a drunk. And, uh, well, maybe not being a drunk, but doing a hit and run on Sheamus. And then they thought he was drunk and now we get reports that... Uh, the... Wait, 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 Eric. Yeah. When you said it verbatim, you mentioned Elias, I thought. Yes. Did he I, hit Elias? Yeah, what did I say? You just said he hit Seamus. Oh, my bad. Elias. Okay, just want to clarify. No, thank you. Yeah, he hit Elias. What do you think of that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't, like... That, that doesn't, like... Anger up, like, okay. Well, I mean, what is Elias going to be pissed? I think he should have been. I, I don't understand this angle. Like, how, how's Elias thrown into this? And he threw him under the bus. Yeah, what was their last interaction? I don't even remember. Elias. Yeah, where, where do Elias and Jeff Hardy come into play? They, they don't. That's why I'm very confused. Elias was last seen, um... God damn. Doing something... Like, fucking around with, uh... He was at... Oh! I think I got the angle. Do I have an angle? Let me see here. Let me go back to my notes. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I thought I had an angle. Because, uh... Last we saw of Elias, he had defeated King Corbin in the Intercontinental Championship first-round tournament. And Jeff Hardy, you had mentioned, just won his first round match. So I thought they were due to face each other. And Jeff Hardy was trying to one-up the competition. But no, it's um, next round supposed to be Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan. 
if if the bracket stays the same that they posted two weeks ago on SmackDown. But it is wrestling, so. Okay, so I'm confused then, brother. So I thought that Jeff Hardy was no, I got over you. Elias. Yeah, yeah. I... Ground, so he wouldn't have to face him in the next match. No, I got your theory there. That would have made sense. Why? So, so what does it really mean? I don't get it. I don't know what it means. I was, I was trying to come up with a possible solution, but I feel like we're just being just crapped all over. I'm thinking aloud here, Eric. It's yeah. I feel like we're being dumbasses and missed something. So wait, it was supposed to be Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan in the semifinals. Was that supposed to happen tonight? I don't know. They, they haven't announced schedule-wise, my knowledge. Because they said there was a that Jeff Hardy can't return to the arena for the Sheamus-Daniel Bryan match. So maybe since Jeff Hardy couldn't compete, they put Sheamus in? I guess that's how that would work. That would make sense, right? As far as wrestling rules go. Yeah. So why did he hit Elias? I don't know. I mean, it, it makes me want to. It's a mystery, Eric. Yeah, it makes me want to watch SmackDown. So that's good. I guess. Yeah. It, I guess it Thank worked. Thank you for the teaser. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, Already sounds more interesting than last week. I mean, how much better would it have been, though? And I know that they probably wouldn't do this, but if Jeff Hardy was just like, "Yeah, fuck it, let's lean into it," and like. He just comes rip-roaring in a car, just drunk as hell, and runs over Elias and stumbles out with, like, a bottle of whiskey, falls out of the car, and then he pukes. And, it, like, and it, it wasn't, like, it really was just, oh, Jeff Hardy got wasted again and ran over, like, that's a hilarious angle to me. Yeah, but it doesn't, like, anger the opposing side, like... If you're a lot, like, do you get angry at Jeff Hardy if you're Elias? Or, I mean, do you, I mean, maybe to some extent, but... You're saying would they feel bad for him? Yeah, they, you're always <laughs> pity. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. Oh, but if he ran you over and, like, fucked your chance at the Intercontinental title, you'd be pissed. Yeah. I mean, that, then it's personal. You took out, you took out the man's legs... Yeah. I would prefer if there was an Elias puppet that just went flying in the air. Yeah. With, well, with fuck. With phony legs. I think you're... I hope you're right. Let's hope that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always here for puppets. Okay. Uh, so was there anything we need to talk about? Because we, we're we going to try to not be gas bags tonight. And, yeah, we, uh, we do have a uh, movie segment tonight. Oh, we forgot to tease it. We're not professionals. Yeah. Oh my god, Big Show just freaking threw Trish Stratus like a bag of potatoes. Actually, hold on, that might... Is that Trish? Yeah, it's gotta be Trish. Trish used to roll with uh, Andrew Martin and Albert, right? Yeah, TNA. Okay, yeah, that's her. Okay, anyway. So is there anything... Yeah, we... we... Yeah, I think you're the only one who calls him Andrew Martin. Yeah. <laughs> test. Yeah, test. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna try not to be gas bags. We got a segment. We got a dollar bin coming with our magic movie milkman Bert. Um, is gonna be doing a movie for us. So we're gonna try not to go over an hour here. So if I mean, you tell me, Jeff. Is there anything from SmackDown we need to talk about? Um, 
Oh, shit, I'm on the wrong week of SmackDown. I was, was going to say, I already fucking read this shit. Uh, Charlotte <laughs> came to have a uh, champion versus champion match with Bailey. Uh, that was a good match. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, that was a good well, match. SmackDown was a good... It was good and not great, because you had AJ Nakamura followed up by Bailey versus Charlotte. That's true. That was another good match. Okay. And you had Miz versus Braun, which isn't terrible, but not great, you know. Yeah. Uh, Bailey ended up winning this with an illegal pin. And backstage, Eric, we see what appears to be Sasha and Bailey on good terms again. And just, just, just stop it. Yeah. We need this shit escalated in hyperdrive. Yeah. Give us something, man. I can't do the back and forth with Sasha and Bailey while WWE is trying to tread water and figure out what they want to do. Oh, they're gonna... They're Get gonna, the feud fucking going. They need to... I totally agree. But what they're gonna do, since, like... You know, everything's, like, going back to... Uh, at least businesses, at least, are opening up, you know? Yeah. So, so I think the crowd is coming. It's gonna be very, very spaced out. Like, it should probably still be Performance Center, but it'll be, like, actual seating and people every, like, three seats or every four seats or something. Which I'm okay with. Better than nothing. Well, I mean, we, you saw them try out a new tactic uh, starting on this week's Raw, Memorial Day Raw. Yep, they had a little crowd, but it wasn't... My problem it wasn't with, public. Exactly. That's that's my problem with that. It sucks. It was okay. Well, here's the deal. The crowd members were performance center trainees, correct? Yeah, they were athletes, wrestlers. And they just had him standing only where the camera could see him. But they had him standing like where the audience would sit, like in that pit area. Standing, they were all tested, according to Phillips. <laughs> Do you believe uh, that, Eric? I'm, no. It's I possible. I do either. It's possible, but no. But that, that is one of the few mentions. I think the first mention of the phrase COVID-19 on a on WWE broadcast. Yeah, they, on, it, it's very... No, the first, the first time they said it was when uh, they got involved in some kind of fundraising thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they did that again this week. They just replayed that whole thing. Yeah. And not that it's bullshit, but, you know... You know what I mean? It's it, it when when businesses do that, it's for two reasons. Like, it's really not to help the f the foundation. That's just a bonus. Yeah. It's for good PR. Yeah, exactly. So you, you hit the nail on the head there. <laughs> yeah. So they WWE and all the all these thirteen other sports like the USGA and all these sneaky sports. They they put out this group statement that was easy as hell for them to make. Probably took a producer ten minutes to make this video package. Another five minutes to send out the jerseys. And the the message is good, but I mean, okay, you, you send some nurses some jerseys. Yeah. Do you want them to wear that at a sporting event that they're not going to attend for the next year? Yeah. You know, what, what good does that do? Maybe send them a mask that has your name on it. Yeah. Maybe send them some food. Yeah, it's it's classic WWE, but whatever. I think that was yeah. the first. I think that was the first time they mentioned it. Yeah, you are correct. Um, 
But yeah, so they have the, the spread out audience of, uh, to me, what seems like PlayStation 3 style Smackdown video game uh, people cheering in the crowd. Because they, they looks like Guitar Hero or something. You know, you see them, they're, they're spread out for no reason, just so you can see them. And they, they have this weird vibe of being overly optimistic and cheerful, which I'm, I'm down for. Don't get me wrong. You're taking a stab at it, and you're making contact. It might be a foul ball, but you're making contact, WWE. Keep 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 swinging. Yeah, I mean, they, the only part that is, is frustrating to me is, like, it's not a real crowd, obviously, and then you... So you get a uh, very um, inauthentic, or if that's the right word, yeah, uh, reactions and everything. Every you know, they cheer for the good guys, they boo for the. I mean, they basically act like an old school wrestling fan, which is kind of cool. But I mean, you don't have real opinions, and you know, it's not a real crowd. It's a WWE crowd. God no, no, damn! You're exactly right. Uh, Holy shit! The, the crowd is pushing the same. Uh, angles that WWE themselves are pushing. Yeah, yeah. There, it's it's uh, you know it's propaganda, really. It really is. I I didn't care for it too much. I liked the I liked the uh, it helped with the silence, the deafening silence. Yeah, you can tell it helped like just some people in the in the ring like be able to deal with the silence like now you got so okay it sounds like a small house show or something yeah and that's something that wrestlers can work with so the wrestlers are a little more at ease yeah but i'm sorry continue oh nothing i just that's why i didn't like it i, I think like I, i'll be more happy with a with a shitty social distancing crowd that's actually real fans like it, w- it won't be great but it'll be better than that i think do you think they would uh Here's something I did not think of until right now, but do you think WWE would try to do an outdoor event just to have, like, a, a crowd that can be socially distanced and more safe? They should. It's a perfect... That's yeah, a great fucking idea. It's perfect weather for it. It's a great time of year to do it. Yeah. Run all your fucking Raws and Smackdowns on the beach. Who cares? Bash at the be- Raw at the beach? Yeah, it's a great idea, man. You, you know how little... The ACDC on the on the start of SmackDown would match up if if you have all right you're ready and then you see fucking Michael Cole on a beach in full suit yeah it just you'd yeah. be so confused like what the fuck is going on here yeah dude uh, Shane McMahon just broke a cinder block over Big Show's head no DQ match something like that it looked brutal though. Yeah, that's that's a no no disqualification match. And now we got the the Jericho Benoit submission match for the IC title. Oh, excellent! Then you have after that you have one more match, which looks like a good match. You have uh, Road Dog and X Pac versus the Dudleys in a tag team table match, and then your headliner, and that that's all she wrote, baby. So how many matches on this card? Six. And it's two hours and forty-five minutes. It's not. It's, that's it's a hell of a show, though. Well, I know. I mean, that that's you know, I'm for that. I'm for two hours and forty-five minutes. That's perfect for me. Yeah. I like a. I like a show like that. You know, 
That's about all you need. It's just some good quality matches. Uh, so we are about, let's see, we're at 32 minutes, Jeff. We should allow about 15 minutes for the dollar bin. Um, so is there anything else from SmackDown that needs to be talked about? Because I got something on Raw that I liked. SmackDown, no. Alright, well, Raw, congrats to the champ. The new United States champion, uh, Apollo Crews, of course, Jeff. Absolutely. Let's give him a round of applause, Eric. He yep. deserves it. Absolutely. Here you go, Apollo. Uh, congrats. The new U.S. champion. Oh, nice. He sent Bork an alert text. Yes. Pro move. I'm uh, trying to produce while I'm here, and I'm yeah. not a producer, Eric. You know this. Yeah, you're getting I'm there. I'm in charge of Boob DDT Productions to a certain extent, but I'm not a producer. Yeah, you're getting there. Yeah, I'm I, trying. I got the right microphone recording. We, we, we're co-producers. So, Co yeah. Co so, we're, we're, uh, we're operating at, you know, all pistons are firing at this point. Uh... <laughs> So, Apollo Crews wins his first, got to be his first title in the company, am I wrong? This is his first title in the company, U.S. Championship. Good deal. Uh, overall, miss. I love it. I think it was a great move. Not that I don't love Andrade, because I do, but it was getting a little stale on him for some reason. Probably because, like, they didn't focus on it, they just focused on his little faction. Exactly. Zelina was getting more cred than uh, he was with the gold. Yeah. So I loved it. I remember, you know, last week we didn't think it would happen. We thought it, we we mentioned how cool it would be, but we didn't think it would happen. No. So, big up to WWE for doing that because I I thought it was it was a good match too. Now that that doesn't that doesn't mean you're out of the water, WWE. You got to give them <laughs> some airtime. Don't don't Shinsuke Nakamura IC title him and just let it all disappear. I mean, they really shouldn't, because he, he obviously is a guy who wants to work right now. Yeah. So, they really shouldn't. And he has no. good matches. And actually, his... Oh, yeah. In-ring, he's got great ability. To, to win this match, he did a... I can't remember his original special, but he did that into a standing moonsault and popped back up and did a standing shooting star press. Yeah. Amazing. No, he really is dope in the ring, and... Actually, you know, he's not that great on the mic, but his, uh, his, uh, like, little speech after he won was actually good. Yeah, I agree. So, he's capable. He just probably has trouble, you know, that was kind of, it wasn't really a shoot, a shoot interview, but it kind of was. I mean, obviously, it was, you're, you're, you are authentically excited when you win a title. Yeah. So, like, it was kind of a shoot interview. I don't know. He sounded real uh, confident and smooth, and this is the best mic work he's ever had. So maybe he just has trouble, like, they're probably putting all kinds of shit in his ear, and he just can't go out there and lay it out, you know? Yeah. That's a, little, a little nervous. Yeah. But yeah, this, will, this will give him some confidence. Let's hope for more from Apollo. <clears throat> for sure. Uh, so that part was cool on Raw. And then the... There was another match that was good. Oh, the uh, Charlotte Nia. Who am I missing? Natty Ice. Natty Ice. I thought that was a pretty good match. 
I didn't get too much into that match. I believe I was eating a sandwich at the time. A little sandwich match. I didn't intend it to be a sandwich match. It just fell in the in that time frame. Yeah. Uh, and then, <laughs> go ahead. Now, did you did you have anyone besides that? Like going into that match, who do you think was going to win that? Because this was a number one contender's triple threat for the Raw Women's Title. Women faces winner faces Oscar at Backlash for the championship. Uh, I was hoping. I don't know why I've, I, I kind of soured on Nia during this match because she really biffed it a couple times. She, she's not great in ring. No, she biffed it a couple times. Like a couple of just really bad spots where like she just was not in the right right place. You know, like there was a there was a part where you know uh, either Charlotte pinned Natty or Natty pinned Charlotte, whatever the case may be, but. Nia was in a bat, we were in the wrong spot, and she's just like standing two feet from him and doesn't even try to break up the cover. Come on now. You know what I mean? Like, if you're in the, if you shouldn't have been there, obviously, if you ended up there, you at least got to try to break out the cover. Yeah. To cover your ass. I mean, you just. Uh, that, that, that's not a huge slippy, but to a mark, you're like, come on. Yeah. You know what you're supposed to do when you're in that spot. Yeah. And she did a couple more similar things, and I don't know. It just, it, it stands out, especially with no crowd, no distractions. You really focus on what people are doing. So I kind of soured on her, and I was like, well, fuck it, just give it to Natty. I knew I knew Charlotte wasn't going to win. So I was like, well, let it be Natty, whatever, you know. I was hoping for Natty because, like, they showed her being frustrated, and then she got cut off during an interview. She's got a weird storyline. Uh, I don't know if you caught the interview earlier on Raw. Um, no. With, with Natty Ice. Not that so I can. No. She's lined up to do an interview with Charlie, and then all of a sudden her phone rings. She's like, "Hang on, I gotta take this." And you can't really get too much from the conversation besides she's arguing with TJ, who apparently is her husband. And you can't oh, really yeah. tell what they're arguing about. She's like, no, I'm at, I'm, I, I'm at the show. I, I gotta go. But, like, this is clearly a work because the announcers mentioned it afterwards. So, she's got extra baggage and it's showing because she's frustrated at work now and apparently she's frustrated at home, too. I don't know. It's a weird storyline. Huh. Yeah, I would have I would have preferred it, dude. Especially, I didn't even know about that. I might have, either I don't remember that or they didn't give that to me. Well, it's very sneaky. Yeah. I just happened to catch it. Well, I mean, it's one of those things right before a commercial. Yeah. And then when she hangs up the phone, she's like, sorry, Charlie, I'm back. And she's like, well, we're out of time now. And then Natty just, like, looks depressed. And then you go to commercial. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I would have preferred. I was kind of bummed when uh, Nia won, honestly. I'm like, eh. Well, you saw that coming. I mean, Oscar versus Nia. Yeah. Uh, Oscar's gonna roll over her. Yeah. Yep, she's uh, better. One other thing. MVP lounge with uh, D-Mac. Uh, I, I, I'm just a fan of the Bobby Lashley D-Mac. The, okay, you're, you're a fan of the match. Yes. For sure. I and guess. I'm a fan of MVP aligning himself with Lashley as well. Oh, it did wonders for both. 
it's it's a very old like everything about this is old school. D Max old school, MVP and Bobby Lashley both came up in that mid two thousands era. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a meat fest. It's great. It'll be a great match. Bobby works great in ring. D Max brilliant. And MVP is just great on the mic. He can get under your skin so easily. It's fantastic. Yeah, he really is. Uh I was kind of I was starting to warm up to him. And then when he aligned with uh, Bobby Lashley, he took it to the next level. Yeah. Both of them, actually. Like, he's a really good manager, and then Bobby obviously needs that. And you're getting old MVP, too, Eric. Like, oh, he's, he's the same way back in 2005, but he's just, like, a little, little more of a pest. Had a little more uh, Leo Rush type of charisma to him, you know? Oh, for sure. But um, he's always been, like... God, he's, he's really annoying, but then you think about it afterwards, like, no, this guy can absolutely uh, draw a crowd, and he's very comfortable talking out there. The crowd might not like him, but he can, he, he can take on that heel role perfectly. Yeah, they must have confidence. Yeah. to him. For sure. They must have confidence in him. They fucking, yeah. He was doing the indie scene for a, while, a long time. I love it. I'm glad he's back and that he can still take a bump. Yeah. Yeah, he can still wrestle too. Um I don't I think that was about it from Raw, right? Uh yeah, two quick headlines. KO's in no man's land right now and uh Street Profits and Viking Raiders are doing golf and mini golf at a public golf course, clearly. Uh the uh the Street Profits had a match and Montez Ford did the Ace Ventura in the ring. Did you notice that? He did an Ace Ventura? He just turned around and did the talk with your ass cheeks move. <laughs> <laughs> so I, was, I was pretty excited I about that. that. Yeah, I was really excited about that. <laughs> oh, man. That is great. I could, I could already envision it in my head. But I didn't get to see, so this was on this last Raw, they had a mini golf session. Well, it started out as golf. And then, like, they were just basically tearing up the course. So they uh, they decided to switch scenes to the mini-golf course. I don't know. It's, it's wacky. It makes a lot less sense than the other two as far as competition-wise goes. It's, it's just a skit. But I enjoy it. Dude, the Crippler, Chris Benoit's uh, snap suplex... You shall not be named. Oh, the snap suplex, dude. M- magical. Oh, his snap suplexes? Yeah, do you remember him? Not as well as I remember Eddie's, the three amigos. Oh, those but. are dope, too. Yeah. Rest in peace to to, to the snap suplex. <laughs> Both. Yeah, is, is, that, is that a thing they don't do anymore? I don't, is that, that too snappy? No, they do them. The women do them more than the men nowadays. Oh, I guess you're right. That's true. And you know what? Uh, I was thinking the other day, I'm pretty sure somebody did a Russian leg sweep on Raw or SmackDown. Oh, that's old school. And I was like, oh, you don't see those much anymore. Um, context there. So, before we call Bork real quick... Uh, did you ever, did you, so what'd you tell him? You told him we were calling in like 15 minutes? Yeah, I, I said 10 minute warning. Okay, cool. So have you ever, 
when I hear about MVP, I usually hear about MVP versus Matt Hardy. Are you uh, I'm pretty sure they had a, a long-standing feud, yeah. Do you remember it? Not particularly well, no. Because I couldn't remember. I think Matt was coming out of his uh, his heel role with Lita. Okay. At the time. Because, I mean, MVP, I never saw MVP as a face. Okay. Uh, I, I just randomly turned to uh, No Way Out 2007 in the first match on the court card is MVP and Eminem, which was uh, uh, Morrison yeah. and uh, Nitro. He was called Johnny Mercury in the time, but it's John Morrison. Are you sure he wasn't Johnny Nitro? Yeah, he's probably Johnny Nitro. Yeah, he's Johnny Nitro. The other guy was Mercury. So it's MVP and those two, and Morrison's old tag team versus the Hardy Boys, and he or shall not be named. Okay. The six man tag in 2007. So yeah, there's evidence there of uh, of a feud. Yeah, that's usually what that's on my list of things to go back and look at because I've heard good things about that. Uh, just a good way to, you know, experience the original MVP, because that's what I've heard his best work was. I also oh, yeah. I also went back and watched Crime Time's debut. Did you? Uh, their debut? Well, yeah, their debut, and I watched some of their uh, vignette shit, like, weeks leading up, you know? Yeah, because they had a lot of those before they actually did the in-ring debut. Yeah, I watched both, and God, the... The vignettes were just unbelievably, uh, I mean, I don't even know the word for it. They were like, they were training by like stealing shit, you know? Training by like doing lunges, you say? No, like training, like how, like they're, they're showing how they're training to be WWE superstars and they're like stealing shit and... Oh, they're stealing shit, I thought you said kneeling shit, I'm sorry. Yeah, like doing crimes. Like, it was just unbelievable, man. Yeah. I I, I told you, there's no way that shit holds up. It is offensive as fuck to me. When I saw it in 2016, I'm like, yeah, are you kidding me? (laughs) No. Have we stopped watching wrestling and this is what they resort to? No, it doesn't hold up because uh, they didn't show anything. Which I guess they do. They've done that before, so I guess that's, you know, not definitive proof that they don't want anybody to see that footage, but. The uh, the Shad Memorial was just like a classic, just his face and rest in peace or whatever. Yeah. They didn't show any crime time footage. I mean, to an extent, I'm kind of glad they did it. Oh, definitely. It's there if anybody uh, wants to see it. You can show them like in rig or something, but yeah, don't don't show the vid. Yes. Yeah, they were terrible. Um. So yeah, that's that's about it in wrestling, Jeff. Let's give Bork a call. Yeah, let's get this dollar bin going. Yeah, let's do the dollar bin. So Eric, you grab the popcorn, I'll get Bert on the horn. Alright. That should be the new slogan. I know. <laughs> I, well, I should just record some popcorn popping and we'll put it in right here every time. Hell yeah. Alright, Bork, welcome the Boom DDT podcast for yet another week's edition of the Boom DDT Dollar Bin, brought to you by the Magic Milkman Bork. Welcome. 
Nothing. I'm watching Judgment Day 2000. <clears throat> what, what is this? what's that one? Oh, dude, I highly recommend it. If you're run out of stuff to watch tonight, just pull up Jeff's network WWE Network account, like we all have, and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. just search uh, Judgment Day 2000. It's a pay per view. It's a six match card. It's only two two about two and a half hours. And it's a great fucking card. Nice. Now, is it set in 2000, or is that like a futuristic name? No, it is set in 2000. It is in 2000? Okay. I don't know if it's like they're doing space or stuff. No, no, no. It was like in 95 or something. Yeah, it's got a lot of cool stuff. It's got uh, the American Badass version of The Undertaker's debut. Okay, probably on a Harley. It's got... It's Chris Benoit versus uh, Chris Jericho in a submission match that was amazing. It just ended. Ooh. I mean, Benoit is cinching in that Crippler cross face. And is this the Jericho era where he had the little uh, the little bun ponytail on the top? Yeah, what do they call that? Top knot? Uh, I'm not sh- like a top knot, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a top knot, brother. A top knot and then an open-faced, uh, snazzy 2000 shirt. I think he came out shirtless. Of course. Well, probably an open shirt. Normally. I think he came... I say, yeah, when I think of young Jericho with that long blonde hair, I usually picture, like, an open shirt or a shiny shirt. Both. <laughs> Both. You're picturing correct. Both. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, tell us about the, uh, the movie we got today, Bork. Uh, this week's movie we're grabbing out of the dollar bin is Bending the Rules, and it is a uh, New Orleans comedy crime movie. It was made in uh, 2012, and uh, this actually is our first WWE Studios like movie movie. Like This is one they were putting the money behind. Oh, I didn't even know that. And it's, like all these movies, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crap. Oh, it was bad, Bork. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I couldn't finish this one. <laughs> did uh, did it have too many of like the underlying stories and like the little subplots? Was that like too much? I just, it's classic thing where like, if you can't watch something in its entirety the first time, and you just keep trying, and you keep getting interrupted, and then finally after like the fifth try, you're like, this fucking movie fucking sucks. And I can't watch it. I'm done. I gotta interject real quick, boys. For the listeners, this movie, Bending the Rules, we've got to mention features Edge and Jamie Kennedy as your main actors. Yeah, hey, yeah. I was getting a little taste. Hey, I was gonna get into the cast, but yeah, this is one of those bad movies that, like, on the second and third viewing, if I even give it a third sometimes, like, I'm really annoyed that I'm watching it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I'm really angry all the time like the jokes aren't landing and I'm like oh no not landing but um this uh for our listeners this movie has a tie to the previous Triple H movie cause this was made by the same writer and director that made Inside Out that confusing pickle movie yep. oh yeah so that, that one had, like, three stories in it, and so this one has, like, you know, three subplots in it that's ridiculous. But, um... I'm sorry, go ahead, Bird. 
Oh, no, go, you, go ahead and say what you got to say, Jeff. I was just going to say that's interesting because uh, Inside Out seemed to have a pretty, pretty easy plot to understand. This one, the, the plot was hauling ass, and I couldn't tell you what the fuck was going on. Yeah. Throughout the entire movie. <laughs> the... Yeah, and it took me the second viewing where I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm listening and paying attention again. Like, now I kind of know what's going on. And, like, yeah, by the second viewing, I was just so pissed off that it took me that long to, like, understand all the plots and everything and put all the characters together. But do you want me to give you a little blurb on the IMDb that doesn't help at all? And then we'll talk, and then I'll go into the story a little bit more. I just, I, I need a full... Like, I don't know what this movie was about. So, yeah, um, tell us, the like, blurb, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, the little blurb is just a uh, district attorney is determined to take down a corrupt New Orleans cop. And that doesn't really tell you a lot about the movie. So, corrupt New Orleans cop is Edge. Yep. Okay. Adam Edge Copeland plays okay. our cop Nick Blades. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Nick yeah. Blades. And it's, and it's one of those awesome last names where they just call him Blades the whole time. Like, he maybe gets called Nick, you know, a few times during the movie. I'm like, who's Nick? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Blades. Blades, bro. And uh, Jamie Kennedy plays a, uh, he's a chief, chief assistant district attorney, so he's not even the full district attorney, but his name's Theo Gold. And this is uh, this is kind of like a buddy crime movie where like Jamie Kennedy has to like he's uh, trying to put Edge in jail for like bad police I don't know how you say it bad policing like doing the wrong thing on the job like showing his gun in a bar or like you know threatening a criminal or something yeah so they take Edge to trial for that and he's like the assistant district attorney and they end up like getting a mistrial and that falls through so uh the cops are just basically kind of making a fool out of jamie kennedy's character and giving him a hard time and uh edge gets off free but he's got he's just like the cool guy detective in new orleans you know everybody loves him he's so cool he kind of knows everybody in the neighborhoods he has a relaxed style like, he can't park right. He just parks wherever on the street. But, uh... Incredibly cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, feel, feel free to interject at any time, because we're going to talk about Edge well, and his detectiving okay, later. I'll, I'll wait until we talk about Edge. <laughs> but, um... Basically, uh... Edge, while he's going to trial, stumbles upon this, like, newspaper list that has all these, uh different car license plates and supposedly it's like a hit list for an assassin because one of the stories is there's like four criminal like gang lords in new orleans and they're all trying to kill each other or something and edge knows and is friends with like one of them who's like one of the nicer guys his name is happy the one with uh, the donut shop yep he's a donut shop guy okay and i think he's like one of the last few of the gang guys left alive yeah, his truck is on a list. There's a few other cars on a list. And this is where Jamie Kennedy comes into it, is he has this car that him and his dad owns, like a classic, like an old red Studebaker. It's like a real nice-looking car. 
and that car is also on this assassin list. So Edge is like putting all these pieces together and chasing down all these cars, and he kind of has to team up with uh, Jamie Kennedy, and you know, hilarity ensues, but it's not really that good. I, I, I didn't really think that hilarity ensued. Yeah, there, I was trying to think of the jokes, yeah. and like trying to write one down, and I couldn't even remember. Like please, please, please find a joke in this movie for me because I didn't. I did not find them. Yeah. yeah, like I really liked Edge was really good in this. Like, like Inside Out, I was really impressed with the wrestler and really disappointed with the comedian sidekick because they were just kind of, <laughs> kind of whiny. Like Jamie Kennedy, I mean, from Out was most whiny. wanted. That's all I think of him as, like kind of the whiny rapper and. In the, the, what was this show called, Borg? Like the X something? Uh, I think oh, it was like the Jamie Kennedy, Kennedy experiment experience. or something like that. The Jamie Kennedy experience. and there But there was X's involved. Oh yeah, it might be experiment, but yeah, there's a bunch of X's. Yeah. It might <laughs> just be experiment or something yeah. like that. Like bright neon green Mountain Dew, shitty 90s or early 2000s graphic X's. I was going to say, that was a prank show, right? Like a punk? It was like a punk, yeah. Holy shit, dude. Yeah, I never what? got into Jamie Kennedy. Well, no, you can't get into I mean, Jamie Kennedy. If you're getting into Jamie Kennedy, you've hit a fucking dark spot in your life. This is a rough 2020 for you if you're getting into Jamie Kennedy now. He's, he's down there next to uh, Chris Kattan, Mr. Kattan and Mr. Kennedy. They're on the bottom rung. Oh, God. Uh, and yeah, those are guys that were like on the bottom rung in like 2010. Like, dude, like what else? Like Samantha was around when I tried to watch this the first time, and she was like, "What else is he in?" I told her about the Jamie Kennedy experience. I couldn't remember the name, but I told her about that, and then I told her about Malibu's Most Wanted, and she's like, "No, I oh, recognize yeah. him from something else." I'm like, "I don't fucking know. That's all I know." Yeah. Um. He was also, he did like the, the Mask sequel, The Son of the Mask or whatever, that crappy direct-to-video mask movie. Oh my god, was he the lead? Yeah, he was like the dad character. And oh, yeah, no. I've heard that's a horrible movie. Not a good resume. No. And I feel like, I don't know if it was Jamie Kennedy or not, but I feel like he was like in the Garfield movies too. Like, he just went that crap kid route. Like Oh, I could see that. Gar- Garfield, Tale of the Two Kitties or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I could be wrong, but who's who's like Andy Dick's cooler than him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I respect Andy Dick a lot more. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think so. I and think Andy so. Dick has a lot of problems. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Dick is on the level above Mr. Catan and Mr. Uh, Kennedy. Yeah, at least Andy Dick's like like you said, he's all fucked up, and at least we know that he's fucking crazy. Yeah, there's nothing, you know what he is. Like, yeah, yeah. he's not hiding anything from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's being truthful with you. Yeah, okay. So, so Bork, back to the movie. Uh, Edge or Detective Blades uh, <laughs> was giving off some real strong Ace Ventura vibes with, with his uh, Hawaiian t-shirts, pulling up in jeeps taking off the sunglasses and just barging into the police precinct like he owned the place. And uh, don't forget, occasionally lighting a big-ass cigar, like really just enjoying himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
But yeah, I have a note here that was just like, yeah, Edge's detective, and detectives in quotes, but detective apparel is just hilarious and great. Like, he's got, he's got those, like, dad doc shoes that you just slip on. He's got some cargo shorts that are usually camo or something, and then he's rocking, like, yeah, like a bright, just button-down big shirt that's, like, a little too big for him. Yeah. It's a little too baggy. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, just but, long I mean, hair. Michael Jordan used to wear baggy suits as well, so I'll give you a slight pass. And like uh, every cool detective, he has like a loud, like, you know, flamboyant, obnoxious car. He's got like a bright ass orange, like, giant yeah. uh, Ford Bronco. Yeah. Like the chop top dog. The top chop uh, dog. Yeah, it's a Bronco, not a Jeep, I forgot. Oh, yeah, it's got big tires on it and everything. He's just but, so, yeah. he's so cool. Yeah, he was, and, like, I kind of scoffed at that, but then there were some things that I really liked about that character where, like, every time he stopped and pulled up somewhere, he would just whip out the lawn chair out of the back and, like, grab a cigar, and he'd just prop it on the street and sit by his truck and just talk to, like, yeah. Jamie Kennedy or someone else he was, like, had to talk to. That's a gangster move. I mean, that that is a... Uh, I do that to this day. I always have a lawn chair in my uh, trunk. Uh, oh, yeah. For places oh, yeah. to sit. Never know what driveway you're going to be in. Just pop it in. Oh, yeah. Well, I, for Put me, it's for me it's more for work. But uh, I remember our, our friend Rachel always had a lawn chair. It was a fucking boss-ass move. Yeah, you'd it just, really is. You'd just be, uh, well, we're hanging out in the driveway and... Oh, well, let me go get my chair. It's like, what? Yeah, I'd like, to, I'd like to have a seat with my drink and my smoke. Yeah, it's like, god damn, that is a king's move. It's <laughs> good shit. Yeah, that's what I thought every time. I was like, hmm, I respect that. Like, it's a good move. Oh, it's guy a how to relax. straight G move right there. Now, you can... it, it seems to be in this movie, I'm sorry to keep reeling it back in, but in this movie, it's raining shit on Jamie Kennedy the entire movie, is it, Matt? Yeah, it's one of those, uh, he's supposed to be, like, the saddest character who's just trying to get by, but he's kind of a good guy. He's just making bad choices. But, yeah, like, his wife is leaving him after 15 years and taking the kids. Like, he didn't get, like, the DA job. He's still, like, the assistant. And then, like, yeah, he lost the case with Edge, and so, like, all the cops are harassing him around town because I think it's, like, a pack mentality. Like, the other cops didn't like that they were trying to... I mean, no one likes Blades, but he's still a detective, and, like, they didn't <laughs> like that they were trying to arrest him still. Blades. Love his name. Uh, how many times in this movie did they uh, announce that uh, Blades is technically on a... God, what was the term they used? Administrative leave? Yeah, I think it was administrative leave was the term. So he, he technically wasn't uh, on duty... But he was just, he, he, he was flashing his badge, flashing his piece. Hell yeah, and he's just being Blades, man. I, I, I didn't think it was possible for the actor Edge, or at least the character Nick Blades, to be more cool than the rated R superstar we see in wrestling. Somehow he took that notch that you're supposed to turn up to 11 for wrestling, and he turned it up to 12 for this character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could tell. I could tell he's a wrestler by his acting. Like he's very, uh, he's very expressive with his emotions and his face. Like, like you cannot listen to the dialogue or have it on mute and kind of know how he's feeling or what he's saying in the scene. Like, 
And I feel like I see that a lot in wrestling promos. Like, you gotta have to be more intense and like put it on the screen at like ten instead of like five. Oh, he yeah. he's he's been cutting intense promos ever since he came back. He really cuts a, a very intense promo. I was gonna say, is he back again since like? Because I know he was doing acting for like that Viking show and dipping his toes in other acting things. Yeah, he returned at Royal Rumble. He had a match at WrestleMania, and then he's got another match at uh, Backlash. Yeah, I never got into Edge when we were younger. I just knew he's a big, tall boy. Dude, he banged he banged Lita in the middle of the ring on national television. Yeah. Oh shit! I saw that clip on Instagram. Yeah, but I was like, they did this. I was like, this is. He did. He, he did. Oh, Vince. He was the rated R superstar. He dicked her down in prime time, eight eight p.m. Central. Laid the pipe. <laughs> he slipped it in Central time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was pretty sweet, man. Uh, He's a legend in the game forever for that. Hands down. Yeah. But yeah, I liked him as a detective in this movie, and he's just, he's the guy you always like, and you can't really hate him no matter what he does, because he does bad things. Like, there's a scene where he has to get information from an informant that he knows, like this lady that runs, like, a barbecue joint out of her backyard. Yeah. And he basically just takes, like, some guns in there, and he goes... He's telling, like, Jamie Kennedy, like, acting like he doesn't, kind of, like, saying it louder so everyone hears, but he tells him that, like, oh, everyone's eating here probably has, like, is on parole or has a conviction or something, so what would they do if they found guns here? Like, he's just ready to plant, like, guns on people, and... Yeah. And sure enough, she spills the beans and calls him later and gives him info, but, I mean, he's supposed to be, like, the easygoing cool guy, your friend, but I'm like, yeah, you're kind of doing some bad things. Yeah, you're still a douchebag cop. And yeah, I think the charge at the beginning that they, why they wanted to arrest him was like, yeah, he brandished his gun like in a bar and assaulted someone or something like that. And that's why he was going to trial. <laughs> what like, a badass. Yeah, he probably, probably should go to trial for that. And just He's a loose unit. What a fucking badass. So how many... Uh, so, go ahead. Uh, no, and then I was just going to say, other than that story, uh, Edge and... Edge and uh, Theo team up basically to find Theo's car, which was a big story between like all their family, which includes Bookman from Seinfeld. He plays yes. the father. Yes. And uh, Jessica Walter from Arrested Development. Yes. And okay, she heard about both of them. Yeah. And her her costume and her attitude. She's basically just Lucille Bluth in this too. For it's sure. Great. It's fantastic. Exactly the same. Yeah. She, she plays a great overbearing mother and just always nagging at Kennedy and he's just like, ma'am. Uh, I was going to ask you if that was Detective Bookman Burke, because the last I saw of Detective Bookman was when he was Detective Bookman in Seinfeld in like 95. And this was, what, you said 2010 or 2012? This was, yeah, 2012. Yeah, so he's, he's a lot older, a lot fatter. And I'm like, that could just be any old guy. <laughs> for a hot second, I thought it was dude from Caddyshack. But I'm like, wait, Caddyshack was in the 70s. Let's oh, yeah that, yeah, that guy with white hair. Yeah. No, yeah, this guy plays Bookman on Seinfeld. And, yeah, he's been a, he's a, he's a classic old guy in a lot of things. Like, he's in, like, Magnolia and Boogie Nights and a bunch of other, like, 90s and 2000s movies. Yeah, he's classic. 
I also thought he died when he took a nap at the beginning of the movie. I thought that was him going peacefully. <laughs> immediately cuts to the next scene and uh, uh, Blades is like, I'm sorry about your dad. I'm like, oh shit, did he just die in his sleep? But my, no, but I, I think with the referencing is like in the story is kind of hard to tell, but I think he has like, the father's ill, like he has cancer or something, so he's getting kind of closer to death, but like everyone in the family is just kind of waiting for him to die, I think. But the mom, mom's accusing him of like, an affair or whatever. Yeah, the plot line is just moving way too fast for me. <laughs> yeah, because the second part of the plot is, yeah, they're hunting down the car, but you find out that it's the dad that's been taking it out of the house and stealing it, and he, like, parks it at this hotel, and that's why he has hotel receipts, and he doesn't have a mistress, but he just keeps taking this car all over town without people. He's, like, joyriding, and people don't know it. And, yeah. you know, like, J- Jamie Kennedy thinks it's been stolen, like, the entire time. Jeff, uh, Briscoe just got 3D'd through a table. Oh, hell yeah, he did. He looked like a fucking dead fish. Briscoe can take a 3D through a table like oh, a yeah. plank of wood. Who's this girl? I don't know why I don't recognize this chick that was running with uh, X-Pac and uh, Billy... Who is this? Billy Gunn? Road Dog. Oh, no, Road Dog. I can't even see that him. That would be Tori. Tori? Yeah, short-lived, uh, not too short-lived, but she was a diva back in the day. Didn't really do much wrestling besides, like, the skimpy bikini shit. Yeah, JR said something was a breast, and, of course, Jerry was like, did you say a breast? (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) So how many stars do you give, uh, Bending the Rules, Bork? Um, we're still doing it at ten, right? Yep. Yeah, 10 hot dogs being the Scorpion King with Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh yeah, 10 hot dogs would be something equivalent to the Scorpion King. <laughs> I'm going to keep this one low. I didn't have a lot of problems with it, but also it wasn't memorable. I'm going to keep it, I'm going to say about 3 hot dogs. Jeff? I, I will agree with uh, Magic Milkman Bird. Give me 3 dogs. Okay. Not terrible, but god damn it's not funny. I'm I'm trying to watch my figure, so I'm just gonna go one dog here. That's reasonable for for watchability. Now, granted, I I have a lot of distractions, so that's not all their fault. But it wasn't great. I'll tell you that much. Do you? Yeah, uh, I think. Good. I just say I was I was just gonna say I think they should have just removed the Jamie Kennedy character and gave more action to Edge, like more action scenes. Because yeah. there wasn't a lot. There was like a shootout, and maybe he tussles and does a wrestling move on someone, I think. But that's it. Like, there wasn't a lot of action in this at all. It was more like that's true. a comedy, but it was not funny. Yeah, which is a problem. Yeah, I like li- <laughs> When I watch funny movies, I like to laugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well, uh, do you have any... Jamie Kennedy was not selling it. Do you have any... Uh, do you know what we're doing next time or no? You got anything on the docket? No, um, I got a pretty strong list, but yeah, we got like some more Triple H, Steve Austin, a huge list. I didn't know if we want to dip into some weirder, like maybe if I can find 
I don't know, like a weird Dave Bautista one or something like that or some other. I don't know who's all acting nowadays, but. Yeah, we, we got to find out some obscure motherfucker that did a movie. Or even like some old Hulk movies like The Nanny. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking mind. about. I'm sorry. Ahead, I, would mind, um, I wouldn't mind seeing a, uh, seeing a flick. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You want to get a Anyhow. little Marine or something? Huh? Little marine or something? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I just <laughs> I, I I've never seen seen him put his acting shoes on. I assume he's pretty good at it. And, I mean, we've been watching some low dog matches. I mean, some some low dog movies. I'd like to see some high quality Cena charm me with a smile. Okay. I'd like to see some B and C movie stars. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yeah. We can do that. Look at this Grillo blazes, Bert. I saw a fucking. Well, I, like I saw a Triple H movie where he was like, I don't know. He just got out of prison. He was on a bus. Maybe he was the bus. <laughs> is, yeah, is it the chaperone? Yeah, the chaperone. I, I know that. I know there's a Triple H bus movie. I know that. I don't <laughs> yeah. know what it's about, but I know from the title card I can see that. Yeah, I think it was so chaperone. Inside Out had that same exact scene. I thought you were doing a callback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's plenty. Of, there's plenty of wrestlers. I, I, did Macho Man ever do any movies? Anybody remember? I'm not sure. He didn't pop up on the list. We know when I just googled wrestlers turned actors but yeah <laughs> but um he had a small role in spider-man he was uh he was bone saw remember yeah for sure and there's bone saw is ready that's true and there's also like a, there's actual wrestling movies as well if, uh, okay. if if we ever gonna get crazy we could do like a fucking like royal to rumble or uh, ready to rumble it's like a had all the wcw guys in it it's like david arquette movie I like that movie. That's a fun movie. Yeah, it's got like a whole slew of like the wrestlers are all just a cast. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good movie. We used to rent that. That's all the like time. A, that's like yeah, that's for like a meta wrestling episode. Like we want top tier wrestling talk. Yeah. We'll do ready. We'll do ready to rumble. Like WrestleMania season. But yeah, for the dollar bin, I thought kind of like I like the movies that we watch to have the wrestlers kind of be more the main people, so they have like most of the scenes. Because yeah. there's a lot of movies, you know, like where you got like Andre the Giant plays like a side character, like you know Princess Bride or yeah, good movies true. like that. And even John Cena has roles like that where you know he's like a funny side character. Yeah, I know. But, what like, you mean. yeah, I, I want the ones where I can I could watch him act for like you know an hour and a half. Well, I'm interested in. Let me put this bug in your ear. I'm interested in the nanny because like. I actually, like, I remember my sister liked that movie, so I've seen that movie several times, and I'd like to revisit it eventually. Is that, uh, just like, uh, Triple H is a babysitter kind of thing? No, it's Hulk Hogan is a babysitter kind of thing. Uh, okay. It's an old one. Yeah, I was just thinking, I just had the picture of the pacifier, the nanny Vin Diesel movie. Oh, God, Vin Diesel. But those, that's a whole genre of movies, like, you know, Tough Guy Nanny. Oh, I went yeah. over my head and I got big muscles. Yeah, I, I'm not made for this kind of shit, brother. I can't change a diaper. This baby's gonna pee on me. Yeah, I'm about lifting weights and shit. Uh, well, thank you, Bork, for another uh, great dollar bin. Thank you very much. No problem, boys.
Thanks, Bert. Check you later. All right, later, dude. Bye. All right, that that's a that's a solid dollar bin from the Magic Milk Man. Oh, that was a great dollar bin. That was a, b- a bad movie, but a better dollar bin. Yeah, the dollar bin was better than the movie, in my opinion. Oh, hundred percent better. Uh, so Jeff, I think that's about it. We're we did okay today. We're about at an hour fifteen minutes. Yeah, not terrible. Not, not terrible. terrible. Not terrible. We're on the main event. We got Triple H, Vince McMahon. I believe Shane was back there. Stephanie. Everybody's here. Oh God, yeah, you're in the thick of it, Eric. So I'm excited for this because apparently this is going to be um, Undertaker's return. Man, Stephanie. Stephanie's looking you good. You noticed him what Jericho noticed back <laughs> in that era? Yeah. Stephanie's doing a great job right now. She's the woman's champion. Of course she is. Daddy got it for it. Yeah. All right, Jeff. Well, we'll do it again next week, huh? Sounds good, brother. Congrats to, uh, once again, to Apollo Crews. Best thing happened yeah. this week. Absolutely. All right. Night, night. Night, night. But now I don't understand. Now I don't. Now I don't understand. Good. I said. Okay.